Welcome, everyone, to the Outtakes Movie Podcast. I'm Sam, and we're still going on a quest to go through every single movie ever made and objectively rank them best to worst of all time. I'm joined, as always, by my amazing team, Amelia, live from set. How are you doing? Hello, great. How's uh, what's Ryan Gosling like? Can you ask him for me? How was, how's he doing? He scares me, I'm not going to lie. He worry. scares you, yeah. He, he's just, they don't move. It stood like that for about, like, I think two days. Dedication. That's impressive. Yeah. But really I will say, I copped a feel of his bum while he was there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like beef eaters. They can't react to you. That's the deal. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. I think he enjoyed it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what's going on, man? I want to rem- I want to remind you that this <laughs> no, is also good, an right. audio thing. Uh, why you <laughs> nod in silence? Okay. <laughs> nod, 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 nod. Pretty good. <laughs> and Jacob, what's going on, man? I'm I'm, I'm alright. I'm pretty good. Excellent. So, um, plugs. We do plugs. That's the YouTube thing. You got to get got to get that stuff in. If you like what we do here at the Outtakes, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and Yay! let us know what you think of what we do in the comments down below. Make sure to follow us all over on social media by searching for The Real Outtakes on Twitter and Instagram, and listen to us on all your favorite podcasting apps. So this <coughs> week, we are going to not that far back in time, 2016, uh, simultaneously feels like two decades ago and yesterday, uh, and we're going to take a look at not best picture, almost best picture, somehow, La La Land. <laughs> but first, let's take this musical movie through a musical journey back to its pop culture roots, where it's release window, uh, and it's December, and unlike last week's Edward Hands, which didn't have any interest in, uh, in Christmas, chock a full of it now. It's, 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 I do feel like we do start to hear Christmas songs like October-ish coming in. I feel like a lot of the charts probably just made up by like in-store plays, you know? Mm -hmm. TK Maxx making up. so much earlier, don't they? Like, you're hearing bloody Christmas songs and like, I heard, what was I? I was in like Tesco or something. And I swear to God, I heard them in like October. No, hold on, you know, that's a lie now. Because I heard Halloween music in October. I heard it on the first of November when I, I was went to say, They don't tend to have Halloween anymore. TK Maxx. They no. have Halloween in September, and then halfway through October, they're like, "Yeah, fuck Halloween. That never happened." Crimbo. Yeah. I remember. Now. I remember one time I was in Tesco's around Christmas, and they were playing the old Christmas song. And one of the songs that was on the playlist was um, "Do You Want to Build a Snowman?" Right? Which, on the surface of it, I get Frozen was a big movie. It's about snowmen, but they play like. They even include the bit where the parents die, you know, where it gets really somber <laughs> and all the singing well, that, stuff. Yeah, I was just thinking, when you, whenever you listen to that whole song, you have the nice cheery intro, and then a bit later on it goes, it was like sad, and like, yeah. there's a big like orchestral bit as you see like their ship getting shipwrecked or whatever. I was listening That's to that weird. while buying some watermelons, yeah. That's just <laughs> standard. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was everything you expect, you know. Um, just, just creeping in number 39 is uh, the boobster. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, late run on the line. Last Christmas. Wham. Last Christmas, I think, I, th- I think it's like, I think it's probably my favorite Christmas song. I, I really don't know. Wham. So good. Yeah, I, I would agree. Have I, you guys seen Last Christmas, the movie? I've not, but I've been... No. Oh, no. It's, I've been simultaneously recommended and not recommended it. Like, yeah, it looks a bit cringe, yeah. but it's Amelia Clark, so I'm like, ooh. <laughs> 
yeah, if if it's on at Christmas, which it probably will be on something, watch it. It's just it's 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 fun. It's fine, and the ending might surprise you. Ooh, Amelia's yeah. head just explodes. It's a war film. It's not a war film. No, I'm not. It, it isn't. But then at the end, like it turns into a war film. <laughs> World War Three kicks off and. Last Christmas, it wasn't World War Three, and this Christmas it is. That's the wow. premise of the film, maybe. I don't know. I've not seen it, so... Can't that's confirm, Joe. That's, that's, not, that's not what happens. <laughs> I'd like to see a movie with, like, an ending. So, you know how, like, traditional movies would put the word Finn or the end at the end of the movies, you know, to be classy? Yeah. I'd like to see a movie with such an odd ending that it literally just said the word, surprise, and then the credits roll. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, what, what else have we got? Fairy Tale in New York and the Tippity Top Christmas song, of course. It's uh, Jacob's Mum, All I Want for Christmas. Right, all right. The, the last name in the first, it's <laughs> same pronunciation. You, you were the one that but, brought yeah. up the comparison, okay? Well, how many, other than Mariah Carey and Carey Mulligan? Jim Carey. Popping over to the world of the main pop charts, the non-Christmassy pop charts, was, again odd i thought i'd remember more from 2016 um but you had so you had ariana coming in at side to side that's an all right song so good louisa johnson number 18 that's pretty good um human rag and bone man that's pretty good number eight shout out to my ex which i think is great great little fun little mix song the thing that i find funny is um Number 11, Closer by the Chainsmokers, because that's when they were trying to take themselves seriously and distance themselves from the um, from the selfie situation they put themselves in. It's mad how their band name or group name was Chainsmokers, right? Yeah. But they try and come up with this, oh, look at how, how cool it is to take selfies, but also Chainsmoke however many a, a day. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? That's not a very good public health safety announcement is it i don't know uh, and then hopping over to the world of video games hoping for lots of cool stuff leading up to christmas 2016 you may be you may have been excited about lots but frankly the only one game came out this this day it was probably free it's on the ios and android google play stores and it's called it doesn't even i actually struggle to read it it's not a re- starly girls Episode star stars st- waifus in space. That's what it is, basically. So, <laughs> nice. so if you've got waifu needs, there you are on the app store. Star Starly Girls. I'm sure it's great fun. Like oh my gosh! Oh. I assume you collect them like Pokemon. Oh god. Yeah, they're like admirals in space. Oh my god. I don't know what's going on there, but like my gal needs to put on some trousers. Ooh. Goody Q. Is that standard standard space uniform? The panties out? Must yep, be. I reckon so. George Lucas, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> made that made that case to um Carrie Fisher. Yeah, they they don't wear underwear in space. <laughs> I wish I'd never found that out. What a creep. What a um. creep. <laughs> Anyway, in, um, well, hopefully less creepy movies to produce, La La Land came out in 2016. Yeah. Jacob, tell us all about that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> while it was December in the USA in general release, um, it premiered in Venice, 
it was probably a film festival or something, I didn't look it up, but that was like way back in August. And this film feels like quite a summary film, even though it's set in like different like seasons of the year. Go on, Joe. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say if it was Venice, isn't the Venice Film Festival festival like the biggest festival Ah, of all of them? That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's that's a lot of Venice. Probably Venice Venice Film Festival. The biggest one, like out of all of them in the entire world. It's gotta be that or Cannes, right? Yeah, it's either Venice, and then I'm pretty sure it's followed by either Cannes and then maybe Sundance. Oh shit, I'd forgotten all about Sundance. Sundance. Yeah, Sundance. Yeah, it's in. It's near Salt Lake City, I think. Uh, I can't remember what state that's in. It's in the middle. uh, In the top. It's really snowy and cold. Isn't it Salt Lake City, Utah? Well, I think so. Oh, Sounds yeah, maybe right. then. Yeah, maybe Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, whenever they have it, it's really um, snowy and cold, and now everyone goes skiing and stuff at the same time. Whereas Kansas is the opposite. It's really hot. <laughs> and then yeah. Venice is just Venice. So That's I where Mr. Bean's there, Holiday was set. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. What a movie. What a movie. <laughs> Very orange and, and that film, from what I remember. Footage film won best like film or something. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Um, yeah, director and writer. Well, the writer was more than one person, but he, the director, also did some writing. A guy called Damien Chazelle. Chazelle. I'm gonna Probably go with Chazelle. Yeah. I think it's Sha. Like, isn't that the name of Shakira's character in Zootopia? It's like Giselle. Or is it Giselle? Like, because she's a gazelle. Gazelle. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. Zootopia, Similar but different. Um, yeah, Damien Chazelle. Wait, I said it wrong again. Never mind. He is a drummer, so he's sick on the drums and stuff. So on, if you think of what other stuff has he done, probably the one drumming film you can think of. Whiplash. Hop. Yeah. Oh, Hop. yeah. Hop. Oh, boy. I forgot You went on such yeah. a journey then, Amelia. <laughs> like, I remembered it, and then I actually remembered the horrifying animation and, like, <laughs> Little oh, thing with the the rabbit and yeah. in what's his name? Like the guy it, who's also in Sonic. James Marsden. Yeah. 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 Is that about fucking drums? Yeah, the, he plays the drums. Easter Bunny is a drummer. Yeah. That's oh, true. I've never seen it, so. Yeah. I don't think you're missing out on much. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think I was missing out at the time either. If I'm honest. Um, but this, this drumming movie, Whiplash, um, was made before La La Land, even though La La Land was written first. Main reason for that, Whiplash was just way more appealing to studios. Um, it wasn't as whimsical. I'm gonna go with, um, but thankfully, because they made Whiplash and because Whiplash was so successful, it got five Oscar nominations um, and made fifty million at the, at the box office off a three point three million budget. So it was I mean, pretty damn successful. Yeah, um, you say Whiplash was more appealing to the studio. It still took him years to get it made. Get it made though. Yeah, it's still, it still, still took still, a while. I feel still like still weren't interested in making it. I feel like the whole industry's kind of been in this. Uh, we've like for our lifetimes, we've seen a fair few musicals come around, and obviously Disney always get away with it. But I think there's still a large chunk of the industry that doesn't feel like you can bank on a musical. I think maybe now because of things like La La Land and Les Mis, whatever you think of like each one's quality. Um, made a lot of money and got a lot of eyes on it. And I think they even the of travesty of Cats yeah. isn't going to turn the industry away from musicals. You know, I, th- I feel like 
that's a very that's isolated, a... unique situation with cats. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that wasn't because it was a fucking musical, I don't think. It's probably because... Actually, you know what? I don't know. Is it because it's a musical? I've not seen it. So. Well, CGI was, it was the main bad... thing, wasn't it? Y- yeah, well, yeah cat, the CGI cats... is awfully scary. Cats is sort of a cluster build-up of badness. Um, so the mu- the musical Cats, it does have a passionate fan base. I'm not going to go out of here and say no one likes Cats. But even within musical theatre circles, Cats struggles to really find a large audience. Most people who see it are confused by it or bored by it. So the the, the origin is kind of bad, and it's and it's experimental. Like the 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 thing people remember most about Cats is they get the cast to come out and crawl all over the audience. That's what people talk about with Cats. That's the experience of seeing Cats. Oh, Lloyd, weird, it is weird, but Lloyd Webber has this idea that theater i think he's a big fan of interactive theater so the 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 obvious example of the one that works is in phantom they drop a chandelier over the audience it's really cool you know (laughs) so i think it's i think it's wanting to continue to implement things like that into his other productions but the cats one is weird so you remove the interaction out which is the one bit that people really like other than the song memory and you overlay it with just the worst okay I have heard testimonies from people who worked on Cats, the VFX, the VFX department specifically, that say they hate it just as much as the rest of the people do. Because Cats was a production nightmare where Tom Hooper was making changes very much up to and past the 11th hour. And they did not have the time to do what they really needed to do with it, you know? Have you guys heard the actual, like, the album as well, like, the soundtrack? Because, like, we put it on the other day, and, like, they've tried to modernise the songs, like, like yeah. make them poppy and make them, like, I don't know, and, like, they're both, it's a very chaotic soundtrack to begin with, like, it's not exactly something you can just, like, personally, I don't just put it on to just enjoy it, because I think, like, say, it's about being there, it's about seeing these cats and seeing how weird they are, and, like, the whole idea of modernising it and making it more of, like, this pop fest I don't think that's what worked. And like I say, the whole point is, that kind of makes cats stand out is that these these people are in these fantastical outfits that make them look like cats. So turning them into these CG nightmares just doesn't. It's, it's like it's like making the Phantom's face completely CGI. It wouldn't work. It's got yeah. to be a practical effect. That's the point of theatre. It's physical. So by making these cats all CGI, instantly you get kind of get that like. What's it? You know that term where like you don't know if something's quite good. Uncanny Valley. Uncanny, Valley. yes. Like, well, yeah, you're looking at it and creepy. you're like, that's Judy Dench, but she's got a tail and she's not actually wearing clothes and she's furry. I don't get it. And her face so, is hovering slightly in front of her head. some shots as well. What's sorry? Have you seen that in like the early versions of the one that really shed? There's a couple of scenes where they hadn't CGI'd a hand, and she had human hands. Human hands. The, that, was, that's yeah. in the Blu-ray in occasion as well. They still haven't oh, quite got around to fixing it yet. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I feel like that they should make a documentary. Remember when they made that one about Fire Festival and how they yeah, conned all these yeah. people to go in? They should make one about how they conned all these big actors and like yeah. just being in this fucking atrocious film. Because what? I had Judy Dent, Idris Elba, Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen was in it, Taylor Swift. Yeah, loads Jason of big Derulo names. Yeah, Jason Derulo, James Corden, Rebel Wilson. How, um, there was a controversy, wasn't there? Because the main cat—I can't think of the one that's the white cat. I can't remember what her name is, but it's a white cat, and yeah. everyone was saying that they got a black actress to play a white cat, and it was that whole 
controversy and all this like nonsense. It's just like. Well, do you know what's extra weird about that? Do you know what's extra weird about that? Is I think the reason that stands out is because they made Idris Elba's cat, McCavity, brown. They they matched his fur color to his skin color, but brown brown cats don't. That's not a thing. There isn't brown no, cats. Out. Yeah, you don't get it's a very unnatural. It's a very unnatural color for a cat to be. So I don't know what's worse. Is it's whitewashing the black actress or blacking up the cat? <laughs> I honestly don't know what's worse. Someone needs to make a fucking documentary about that. I'd yeah. watch that. I would watch the shit. I would out watch of that. it. Yep. Um, yeah. Imagine. Ah, oh, you know you've you've fucked up when a documentary about your film is more successful than your film. Oof. That's Damn. funny. But see, there's it's weird in it because like certain things, right? Certain productions on films are so mad that they just deserve the, that story to be told separately. Yes. But then I feel like there's certain things that work better as an actual film, and then others that work back better as a documentary. So, for example, that would work <coughs> so much better as a documentary. But have you ever heard about the whole thing when they were making Apocalypse Now? And it was like Army of, of Darkness, worst... isn't it? Oh, did they actually make something? Yeah, there was documentaries called Army of Darkness. Oh, I knew there was documentaries and stuff. Wait, no, um, not Army of Darkness. Heart of Darkness. Army of Darkness yeah, is the Bruce Dan, Campbell yeah. movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like I know they, I knew they made documentaries and stuff about it, but like that, the the story behind them making that film is so fucking mad that I think it does actually deserve its own film as well film adaptation of the documentary yeah see i'm just thinking of the room you know they did that yeah that's that's, that's my go-to something like that like that was such a weird disaster artist disaster Disaster artist artist. that's i mean that was such a a mad story and such a weird story that it worked well as a film and then if it was a documentary it would have been good but because it was so it was funnier as a film yeah it worked well as a film and i feel like apocalypse now's (coughs) production was so intense and so mad that that deserves a film as well because fucking it almost it almost killed the director you know what I mean it gave the lead actor a heart attack like fucking hell Damn. I need to do some research on it I don't know anything about it it's in, oh no it's insane cover it's it on the podcast madness. that's what yeah like, there you go that's yeah. sort it out oh um, man there we go I don't want to yeah. do the film though it's three hours long can someone not pick Apocalypse <laughs> now I don't want to talk about it it's three hours long <laughs> Talking uh, about talking about films. Nice. That sure. I was long. La La Land, right? So Whiplash was pretty successful. Um, so La La Land got greenlit. Was going to happen. The first studio that tried to make it happen weren't weren't exactly <laughs> happy with the original script. So they wanted to change a few things. Um, I'll mention those as we go through it. But they only offered it a budget of one million. Director said, no, don't want to make these changes. So in the end, the eventual studio gave it a budget of 30 million. And off that, worldwide, it made 446.1 million. Ouch. That's insane. Which is, Ouch, what am I about? That's, that's a lot of money. It's a fucking mint, that, <laughs> that's yeah. So that's much. so much. So this this is done, done fucking well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the other writer of this, a guy called Justin Hurwitz, or Vitz, I think it's Hurwitz, um, he was, Giselle was like, uni mate they went to harvard together he was the composer for all the songs as well all the songs except the one that john legend does just john legend does it instead um i forgot that he was in there 
and I didn't recognise him until Beth pointed out that it was him. It's his voice. Like, oh, I, I didn't recognise him, and then he started singing, and I was like, that's John Legend. Well, that's right. I didn't recognise him, and then he started singing, and I was, I was like, oh, man, he's got, he's got a good voice. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's because it's John Legend. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, okay, fine. He can act. Um... Yeah, alongside him, um, it's not a massive cast, but we also have Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. J.K. Simmons is in it for a little bit as well, but not a massive role. Um, yeah, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, they've been in lots. I feel like Emma Stone's been in more than Ryan Gosling, though. I don't mm. know the exact numbers. Um, they were in that film together as well, weren't they? They've done no. three. Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy I Stupid love, that love film. And they were in Gangster Squad <clears throat> together. Oh god, yeah, they were. And I'm sure oh, yeah. there was a third one. They work. I genuinely I, thought they were together. Like they're, they have such a good relationship on yeah, screen for everything they, they do. They've got I, great I, chemistry. But they're not. Um, oh, I'm sure they were shame. in something else together. <clears throat> I'm sure the they must have been. Um, but yeah, Ryan Gosling's character Seb, very nearly played by Miles Teller instead. <laughs> he's, god, I wasn't. like him in Whip. I, I like him in Whiplash. I think he's all right. I always get, for some reason, Whiplash and Creed confused. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> Very They're both films. in Fantastic Four. That might be yeah. it. There we go. <laughs> Fant four stick. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we had Ryan Gosling instead. It, yeah. Fuck off, Mars Teller. Um, <laughs> unless you're watching this episode, in which case, please hang around. We'd love, we'd love your support nah, and appreciate fuck it. Fuck off, Mars Teller. Oh, no. I just brought him back as well. I've just done apologising. And... Oh, well. Um, Emma Stone's character, Mia, was almost played by Emma Watson. Again, I think Emma Stone was, was the right choice. Yeah. That um, would have been a weird mix, I think. Emma Watson, Emma Watson. Emma Watson and Miles Teller. I don't Wait, weren't they? See... They were in Pucks of Wildflower together, weren't they? Oh, were they? I don't know. Was there any connection oh, maybe that isn't that I... Miles Teller, maybe it's... I... Was what was he... He might have been in that. I don't know. Oh, called? no, I think that's someone out. Perks, Perks of being, being a wallflower. To be honest with you, I don't... I don't think Emma Watson's a very good actress. Like, talk... It was not Miles Teller. Like, I think, I think people accepted her as Hermione, but that's because she, like, grew up into that role. She yeah. learned to act as that role, you know, and then suddenly she's got to do all these other roles. And I, like, fail to buy it. People joke about the lack of charisma she has with, against the CGI monster in Beauty and the Beast, which is true. It's appalling. But I don't think she's got much charisma... To begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll say it. Yeah. Wait, do you Emma, Emma Stone certainly is a lot more like charming and endearing and I think a much stronger act. Emma Stone is this is this mean Emma Stone put more effort into the fake auditions in this movie than I've ever seen Emma Watson do in any of her films. <laughs> She's a great ambassador for like feminism and her other works and what she says and the foundations she sets up are really important. I do not think she's a very good actress though. Fair enough. I mean, Emma Stone, she's really... Like, we were saying it when we were watching it. She's very... You can tell what she's thinking through, like, the way she, like, acts. And, her, like, yeah. the face yeah. that she does. Which is really weird, because Ryan Gosling is so hard to read, it is ridiculous. <laughs> no matter what role he's playing, he's, he's a good actor, but Christ, he just... He sits there with his face, 
and unless he, you don't you couldn't you don't know if he's happy even if even if the man's smiling you still can't tell if he's actually happy or not yeah. he could be smiling but like boiling inside and he, he, he's just got i don't know certain roles it works really well like in drive that's Love the type of you can you can almost hear like works. when when another you can almost hear like when when another character was talking to Ryan Gosling in a movie, I feel like you can hear the white noise that's going on in his head. You know, <laughs> just the modem sound. <laughs> yeah, interesting, fun little thing about Emma Watson, Ryan Gosling. They turned down the roles of Beauty and the Beast and La La Land to be in the other one. So Emma Watson turned down La La Land to be in Beauty and the Beast. Ryan Gosling turned down Beauty and the Beast to be in La La Land. <coughs> Interesting. I think, thing. yeah, I'm glad Ryan Gosling did it, Juby, and the Beast did because I just think Dan Stevens would have been better. I don't think Ryan Gosling would have made a good Beast at all. Fair enough. Especially one um, that, like, negs Bell, you know? Mm. It's very. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, hmm, ne- uh, ne- Negging. It's like, um. I don't want to use the word, like, flirt because it's shit. It's like, it's it's. It's. I think it. It's got its origins within like the pickup community. To neg someone, usually, usually the opposite sex, is to put them down in a way where it's like you, you're showing enough interest in something they like, but you're putting them down so you still have the power. Oh yeah, it's a really the person shit. Doing the, the negging is insecure in their ability to attract someone without right. putting them down. Yes. The, the the example the example the example that frequently gets used is. Um, when Beast asks her what uh, her favorite book is, and she says Romeo and Juliet, and he goes, <laughs> and then he sh- takes her to his massive library, and he's like, "Look at all my books, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> get out of here!" Like, <laughs> well, I've learned a new word. And <laughs> um, as well as being just well, clearly based on the budget and box office numbers pretty popular this film is never going to be forgotten for not winning best picture of the oscars and um, moonlight won it instead but i mean la la land stood it pretty well at the academy awards won six out of 14 um at the oscars seven out of seven at the golden globes and five out of 11 out of 11 at the baftas which is pretty know. good going Overall, out of all of its 287 nominations, it won 237 awards, what? which is not too shabby at all. No, um, pretty good. Yeah, but let's get on to the actual film itself. So we open on a bridge in winter, although it doesn't look like winter, but I guess LA is always summer. Shitload of cars all on the bridge piled up because it's LA. Classic. Um, apparently LA. found out that one of the, the director of this of this film is hiding under one of those cars shouting out director <laughs> stuff <laughs> under a car so as not to be seen that's amazing because <laughs> it was on location it was on a bridge like um, he was hidden hidden away barking orders well barking direction <laughs> I guess um, I feel like he was bullied into that yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't, didn't have to it. do it. Hey, go on, but, Damien. Go on, just get under the get under that car. Go on, go on. What lost yeah. odds on, and that's hide under the car for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, a, if you're, that's a why there's so of... many cars in this movie. He's always like clinging on to the <laughs> underside of the clinging on to the undercarriage. He's like dangling off the back like in Cape Fear or something. Got like a belt around. It's like 
Okay, action. Fuck. Um, <laughs> if you're a big fan of bridges and you know your bridges, this this is the same bridges from Speed. Oh. So there you go. Same one as Speed. The bit that one with the bus. Um. Yeah, this bridge. Bridge. I'm, the whole thing isn't going to be about bridges. I'm just saying. This bridge is bridge. <laughs> Welcome to the Outtakes Bridges podcast. Well, there's no, I don't think there's any trees in this one, so we have to start oh, with a bridge. No, no, no big trees in this one. No. Um, I, I don't this, feel this good giving bridges instead. a Hall of Fame, you know? They're not that important. Trees are know. important. <laughs> trees, yeah, but bridges but the Golden Gate Bridge, right? X-Men 3, Golden Gate Bridge, okay? <laughs> That's a very important part of that part of that film. Yeah, but it's, that's not a very Plans important Apes, movie. Golden no, Gate Bridge. That's a very important. No, Rise of the Apes. Golden Gate Bridge also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, uh, any film where it's you want them to know it's in San Francisco without having San Francisco at the bottom. Golden Gate Bridge. Exactly. Vertigo. That's what I say. Vertigo. Come on. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Fine. <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge goes into the Bridge <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an example of when they use real life locations, um, and they did that a lot throughout this film. Is it cheaper? I'm asking you guys because I honestly don't know. Is it cheaper to shoot on location and like rent it out, stop traffic, pay all the whatever you have to pay for it, or just do it on a soundstage in green screen in the background and stuff? I think I it know. depends on the location. I think yeah. that's a, a question where the answer is very much in flux. Depends on the like, location, and it depends what you want to do with the location. You know, um, oh, if, yeah, you, if you want to like blow up the Empire State or something, exactly, you can't do that yeah. in person. Good. <laughs> think as well. Think about it. Where if you were going to do an on-set location and you wanted to use New York, yet people come and use Manchester, that's technically cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, true. They use different thing, locations. They use um, for like turn of the century New York. They use Liverpool quite a lot. Yeah, that. they do. Yeah, because they were okay. built. Oh, the two of them were kind of the a lot of the buildings were built around the same time, so they use a lot of the same architecture. Especially Peaky Binders is filmed in Liverpool, not Harvey Birmingham. Yeah. You know yeah. that um, in First Captain America, um, <laughs> there's that's the scene where show, he's chasing like the cars and stuff, like oh, pretty yeah. early on. Yeah, that's that's all that's all filmed in Liverpool, like by the docks and the stuff. Bit, it's the bit on the dock where he, the guy bite when he jumps in the water and he bites the. The cyanide pill, that's all over Philly yeah. because I've been there. Sweet. Multiple times. Fair enough then. Same um, with all the places from Peak Blinders. But yeah, I suppose Batman's as well as... Batman's filming as... in Liverpool, but not really because of the pandemic going on. But there was going to be filming in Liverpool. They used the town hall loads in Liverpool also. <laughs> because that's also in Sherlock Holmes. Have you guys got any like famous locations, like specific ones from where you're from? Are they, are they filming? Or became like a, this is where they filmed this thing. Um, not my town, but I mean Liverpool's twenty minutes. Liverpool down in road, general, so. yeah. yeah. Mine's kind of shit. Up, yeah. What's yours? Mine's not even. Basically, the town, so the little village I used to live in, um, they filmed part of the BBC show Doctors there. That's it. Wow. Nice. Which is wow. kind of cool, but kind of like, wank at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I once saw. I once saw some sort of production happening in Blackburn, which is near where I live, but I never found out what it was. Ooh. But I could tell you what I could I could point to the spot in Blackburn, but I could not tell you what production it was. So <laughs> something nebulously was filmed there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the one the one that I like. I mean, even though it's Nottingham, I've 
very little Robin Hood filming goes on. Goes That's on, insane. Which is mad. <laughs> um, but I guess it's like, it's modern day Nottingham. It's not old day. Like, there's just very few old, old landmarks. There's a pub that's fucking ancient, but they're not going to just film outside a pub just to so it's in a film. Um, Ye oldie pub. <laughs> there it is. The, the best one is the... There's a place called Woolerton, not very far from Nottingham. And Woolerton Hall, this big old mansion, was Wayne Manor in Dark Knight Rises. Nice. Nice. Sweet. So even though it wasn't That's there for very long, there's a massive like Batman exhibition at it. I've just fucking remembered. I used to live near Stonyhurst College, more or less. That's fucking Hogwarts. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's pretty neat. Not too shabby. Um, but yeah, I feel like they used real life locations in this to make it feel more authentic rather than I feel like it's to save LA money or anything. It's a lot easier to get real yeah. life locations. Everyone's making movies in LA. That's the point of yeah. LA. It's not, but you know what I mean. Um, bizarrely, it though, it was originally going to be set in Boston. Which, what? Which is b- absolutely bizarre that I don't. I'm walking here. I mean, I won't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if you wanted to make a movie about, if you wanted to make a movie musical about musicals, you would set it in New York because you'd want to include New Broadway. York, New York, yeah. New but you couldn't make a movie musical about movies in Boston because no. the wrong yeah. state. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work very well. Um, I feel like LA was the obvious choice, but yeah. oh well. Anyway, straight away, they start singing. Um, the song is called Another Day of Sun. Pretty good opening number, although again, it's winter, but it's always sunny, I guess. Um, it's weird though, because most musicals, when they open, they have a, an ensemble of all the characters that are going to be in it sing the main first song. None of the main characters in this, even though there's only like two, yeah. are in this song at all. Like, the song finishes, and then we see our main characters. So I suppose that's just like a comparison between a musical musical and like a movie musical. Eh, it's a weird one. I struggle to like deconstruct this because like it feels very out of place. It's a bit... with the rest of the movie. Like I can accept, I can, I can totally get on board with like musicals starting like this. Um, it happens all the time, you know. Uh, examples that spring into mind are things like Mamma Mia, um, Nightmare Before Christmas starts like this. Like you say, it usually involves at least the main cast or like the extras. And this doesn't, and the song's lyrics don't really have a bearing on the plot or the characters or the themes. Yeah. Neither does the choreography. It kind of feels like it's setting up, this is a musical, this is what you expect from musicals, right? And I'm like, yes. Pretty much. And then yeah. I'm like, but, and the movie goes, no, 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 but, just carry on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, it just, I think the main reason it sets up that it puts you in the mindset of old classic Fancy yeah. Magic Cars thing. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't hold a lot of other like grip on or grasp. It's quite the rest fun. Of the plot. It, yeah, it's quite a fun one. It's very colourful. Yeah. Um, one thing that I don't get. There was a band in the back of that van. That seems really hard just to like logistically. <laughs> even if they're all standing in, in the there, the, the, the guy on that flute. He if he turns ever so slightly, he's gonna be twatting someone on the back of the head with a flute. <laughs> but, yeah. Li- well done for them for doing that. Um, yeah, this was one of the things that they wanted to change, that other studio. They wanted to edit it. Um, we immediately meet Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone after it finishes, though. And she heads off to work. She's going to work. She works in a coffee shop 
on the Warner Brothers lot in LA. Um, but she's got an audition, has to leave early, goes to it in a big blue coat because she's got coffee all on her shirt. Um, I got this fact, like whenever I was recently researching this, that came up loads about how this scene was based on the director's real life experiences. And I thought, well, not making it in LA, loads of people can relate to that. So it's not yeah. that unique of a thing, but it's a thing all the same. Um, there's loads of little interesting details that they throw in as well. So all the other people auditioning, I guess that often when they put out a call for people to be in a film, they ask for a specific character, whether like ginger or build or whatever, but yeah. they're wearing the same thing as well. Um, which works quite nicely into the next song, which is someone in the crowd. So you can take it as um, looking for the one in like romantic style, or they're trying to pick out that perfect person to play that role. Um, and it just kind of emphasizes how she's one in like a million. Why should they pick her? She looks exactly the same as everyone else. Um, but that party that she goes to, one of the girls who she goes with, the one, I should have written down her name, but I forgot to do that. But she's wearing green. She's in the green dress and she goes with. Have any of you guys seen Happy Death Day? Because she's in that. No, I've not. But Beth did point out that that was her when we watched it. Yeah. It was from uh, weird. Like to go from Happy Death Day to this, it's a. Was Happy Death Day the one with the like killer baby? The Groundhog Day one. What, like, oh, so yeah, she keeps dying over and over again. Yeah, she keeps again. getting yeah. killed. They make a sequel yeah. to it as well. They did. They did make a sequel. They spoiled where... the end of the first one in the sequel. I'd not seen the first one, and I watched the trailer for the second one, and it was like, oh my god, my roommate was the one who did it. Oh shit! I mean, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, my roommate was who did it. But I have to watch the trailer for the second one, and I was like, oh man, spoilers. You know what I mean? I haven't seen the first one. Oh, e. I'm interested. In really annoyed that I spoiled it. Fuck you, John. So, oh man, I want to watch that today. This, this party is very... No, not, not classy, because there's a guy doing a backflip off a building into a pool. Not classy. Except that's an like modern class theme, maybe. It's Gatsby-esque. Gatsby-esque party, yeah. Um, Dubstep Gatsby. I suppose, Ouch. a little bit. Modern Gatsby. Yeah. We'll go with that, because you drove a Prius there. Um, Mumble the rap Gatsby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um... But the fact that she drove a Prius there is... You don't really think about it to begin with, but if you're going to go to a party and get pissed, you're not going to drive, especially as she was no. intending on driving back anyway. Yeah. So she probably wasn't going to drink because parties in Hollywood aren't just parties. They're like networking events. Um, but this is where she ends up meeting Seb because she just has to walk home because her car's been towed or stolen or something but she's looking up at a sign and getting frustrated so i think it's been towed i think it's been um, towed as well yeah m must be um i don't think robbers typically leave a sign so soz <laughs> nicked your car <laughs> um but yeah so she she goes into this restaurant where he's playing um and we get this this sweet transition of it's like a monotone noise that becomes the car horn at the start where he was like beeping at her um Pretty, I quite like that. Thought it was yeah, pretty it's, neat. It's nice tr using sound effects as transition, transitional beats. Yeah, it's good technique. Works well, um, and then we follow Seb's day afternoon instead, um, and we just find out that he's he likes jazz, but his life sucks. You like jazz? Uh, 
because he's yeah, behind yeah. on rent, I think, maybe, or he's just moved in and he's not unpacked. And he doesn't like to think that his life sucks, but he sort of knows that it does. Like, he'll admit that it's bad, but then we'll say, ah, oh, it's fine, I'll come back, it'll be, it'll be fine. Whether how much he believes that, I don't know, but yeah. Um, but he works at this restaurant playing just, just Christmas music. That's all he's been hired to do. But he doesn't like playing Christmas music because J. Jonah Jameson, he's, he's a tough, tough boss. He just wants yes. pictures of Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, but we get this Mia and Sebastian's theme. It's called on the soundtrack. It's, it's odd that the... I say odd. I don't know if it's interesting. Maybe it is. Someone might find it interesting. The soundtrack for this musical has lots of just musical pieces with no lyrics and singing and songs. Yes. That's, there is, that's quite um, nice. There is a, a this movie's weird because like I, the actual point that I think it stops being a traditional musical is like a traditional traditional musical is the second song, so like ten minutes in, and then a lot not obviously not all of it, but a lot of the rest of it is just dance, you know yeah. It's, it's dance and actual music. And um, I don't know if, because there was a lot of talk at the time that this was really subversive. And I don't know if that's, that's what people were picking up on and saying, well, it's not really what you expect out of a musical, but it, it's weird. It's a weird, the, the sort of stuff that's in this movie is odd to me because musical has had like a really odd history in, 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 in cinema where it was, it was, it was huge. It was fucking huge. Everything that this movie pulls from aesthetically from like the twenties through to the forties, massive musicals were just like one of the big things. It's why, it's why Disney movies yeah. are musicals really. And it's why Disney wanted Pixar movies to be musicals as well. Um, and then a lot of people argue about when it happened, but the general consensus is, is a movie called Hello Dolly happened starring Barbara Streisand, which kind of, used and overused every trope within musical movies so so much and so badly that audiences totally tired it bounced off of everyone and then movie musicals didn't make a comeback for like years and years and years and years and years until like phantom was like and, and moulin rouge and chicago and even they were kind of weird and then cinema changed in 2001 to be really gritty and really realistic and you can see that reflected across like lots of things yeah. that to me, La La Land wasn't subversive to me at the time. And it's not subversive to me now because it's exactly how I think a post nine 11 movie musical would be. If they'd have gone all out and been a consistent, like normal musical the whole way through. And I mean, like really go in where even the dialogue is sung the whole way through the movie. I actually would have been surprised by that. Because uh, I think that would have been a gamble. That would have been a uh, massive yeah. gamble. Technically make it an opera. I suppose in a way, yeah. Um, they're only ever... There is no spoken dialogue. It's all sung. So yeah. That would have been... I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times you have... Sing, uh, speaking in songs, as opposed to just songs, They those words tend to have a lot more impact. Yes. I'm trying to think of an example. Um... Oh, what's what I'm thinking of? It the could song be... from Fallout, where he's singing like about the world being on fire. He's like, I don't <laughs> want to let the world be on fire. 
love you too much. <laughs> Those songs, well, they've, got, they've got good audio. Bit, did it? Nice. That wasn't quite the one I was thinking there's, of. Th I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Rent. What's the one I'm thinking? Oh, I think it's a high school musical is the example I'm thinking of. Bizarrely. <laughs> There's a, you know, you know the bit where Troy climbs up her, her trellis or something, not an innuendo, into her bedroom. Nice. Yeah. Again, probably not an innuendo. And he's he starts singing it like the first song they sang, and then the last word he says, he speaks it instead, and you're like, oh, I guess. I don't know why that was the example nice. I had. I thought it was from something bigger than High School Musical, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's I see what you mean. It's it doesn't. Relying on melodrama and dance numbers, I feel like it's it is just what I expect. I yeah, think. it's not super risky, but it's I think it still works. It's very um, Gene Kelly. Very mm. we'll get to Gene Kelly later on. I've got a fun very. fact about Gene Kelly. Oh well, go on. Well I'm saving I'm saving it. You've got to wait till okay. the end to hear that one. <laughs> oh wait. Oh god. Um, <laughs> must watch until the end. Exactly. For epic Gene Kelly fact. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so he's, he's playing playing the piano. Um, Brian Gosling actually learned to play the piano for this film, oh, well. which is pretty impressive because yeah. he plays it very well. Um, although I've got a feeling, rather than doing hours and hours worth of piano lessons, I think he just learned these songs. That's what I'd have done. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so he can I'd just muscle memory yeah. out the songs and the, the quick bits and whatever. But if you ask him to play... I wouldn't say Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but that's a really easy song anyway. He could probably do that, yeah. <laughs> probably could do that one. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he could play other things. <laughs> um, but he got fired for trying to play jazz when he all, all joke, like, JJ wanted. It's, I don't know what his actual name is, but, yeah. It was just some crisp, jazzy Christmas music. Um, so he got fired, and he storms out and barges straight past Mia, and she's like, oh, oh. All right, I was going to compliment your music, but you're a prick. Nah. Um, then she goes back off and we get a little montage of her doing more auditions. Um, this might, might be me reading too much into this, but what she's wearing and the background always contrast. So she's not blending in. She is standing out, but also she's not standing yeah. out because she's not getting cast. Um <laughs> Quickly touching on colour before you carry on as well. I Go also on. think that the reason why a lot of these colours are so intense and in your face is because when a lot of these mu like these musicals were made, Technicolor had only just become a thing. Yes. So they were yeah. like, shit, everything's got to be as bright as possible. So I think that's what they've done here and that's why it does look so like old school and old timey or whatever you want to call it because the use of colour is just so intense it's, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, colour is used, as we say, quite a lot in this. Um, not just to be bright and colourful to like mirror like classic cinema but there's one thing that I picked up on that I'm definitely not the only one who picked up on this and um, is the red blue purple thing so he's red I think she's blue and when they're together or like they're together together in a relationship as demonstrated by Amelia's gorgeous background Purple is everything. <laughs> um, there are examples of this as we go through. We haven't seen any of it yet because they're not really together. Although she was blue dress, red neon, uh, but yeah, whatever. There are better examples later on. Yeah. But yeah, we cut to spring and this, she's still going to pool parties, still networking. So it's been a whole season. So that's what, three months? Yeah. I'm surprised, yeah. by the way, that 
either of them recognize each other at this I, party. It's quite odd, isn't it? Unless they just keep bumping into each other. I, I could kind yeah. of, I could kind of believe Emma Stone because if you know, you've 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 not had you've not had anything to drink that night. You've had a pretty shitty night. You've gone to this bar. You've wanted to try and compliment someone, and they've barged you. You probably it probably would leave a yeah. lasting impression. You probably like what a fucking dick, and it probably would stay yeah. stay in your mind. But he looked right through her, yeah. you know? <laughs> he probably, he, she probably had to explain, like, off-camera who she was. Like, oh, no, I was the one that you totally ignored and I was going to compliment you, you arsehole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah so he's, he's, we get some more, I say more modern. No, it's 80s music. It's, it's, not, it's more modern than the setting, I guess, even yeah. though it's set modern day. But anyway, at this party, and you, all you can hear is <laughs> Take On Me because this is 80s band playing at this pool party and Seb is... The pianist. Um, I love that word so much. Pianist. Pianist. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> yes. Something that's... Like this film, as I've, I've been doing more and more recently with films, because often I'll watch something while I'm doing something else, but I still have one eye on there. I had the subtitles on, and so all the, like, the lyrics of the song came up as it was happening. And it was almost like the audio description instead, because what's happening sort of matches what's being sung about which is kind of subtle and i definitely didn't pick up on that it's pretty cool until i had the subtitles which is which is neat maybe um, maybe it's just me go on i get that seb's like a supposed to be a movie snob that's kind of up his own ha- ass but if you're gonna pick some like cheesy pop songs to rail on and say that's not real music don't pick three absolute bangers <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah we get take on me iran and tainted love but you know what I mean classics those um, eventually they leave the party together because they've kind of got on quite well because he hates what, he, what he's doing and she isn't getting a chance to do what she loves um, and they leave they, they get the car keys to a Prius although everyone owns a Prius apparently I don't get what that was about maybe that's an LA joke probably LA, LA joke yeah probably yeah. Doesn't isn't stop there a joke that- in a film about I swear there's a joke in a film somewhere about being like, oh, a Prius, everyone in this town has a Prius or something. But I think there's a joke about LA, everyone owns a Prius. I can't I can't think what it's from. Maybe but. maybe if this film was set here, everyone would have owned a Fiat 500 yeah. or something, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they end up walking up to a car, which is parked miles away, as they and when they reach this little bench, they end up singing A Lovely Night, which is like the classic poster song. Um, yeah. That's the one in the yellow dress doing the. It's almost. It's not quite, I was gonna say it's a dab, but it's not. It's definitely nowhere near that. It's a reverse dab. It's the opposite I to mean, a dab. It is 2016, so if it was a dab, it wouldn't surprise me. It's yeah, it's um, Bill Gates's dab. That's what it is. It is. <laughs> I've got I've got a mate who, um, on his Instagram. He's got a picture of, of him with, with the Chuckle Brothers. I know we've talked oh about. Oh my before, god, the and, Chuckle Brothers! And they're like, oh, let's do one of them dabs. And they're there, like one arm across the forehead, another one like this. <laughs> it's like, what is that? What is that? Oh, um, oh my god, 2016. So that good. Disgusting year that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but this is lovely scene. They're getting to know each other. They're having this conversation. They don't want to be together, but they do. Um, the sky behind them as well is com- is real. Like they didn't CGI or I was gonna say touch up. I'm gonna say enhance instead. Yeah. They didn't enhance it all at all with CGI. But is they that only scene not 
a thing. Is it not a set? I assumed that it was a set and that they used. It's a real screen. place, I think. No, it's an actual, sure it I knew that like it was a, a real place. But, but no, it's it's a, it's a real place. So like the so like they the actually filmed on location for that. Yeah. That really looks like a soundstage with one of those, like not green screen, but like an actual screen up yeah. on behind it. You know, I think that's. that's the, I don't think it looks nice that it's because that's again the sort of technique they would have done in classic cinema and stuff. Yeah, that's what really looked like it was like from like a a classic kind of Hollywood musical where you could tell that it was a set, yeah. but that was part of the style of it. But no, Barry, right. this is real um, oh, because they only wow. had. 30 minutes of the sky like that so they managed to shoot it in just two days 30 minutes each day um Mad. which is pretty good although apparently oh, they, yeah, nailed, it is. they nailed it but yeah huh. that's the place there's a there's someone's put up it's not very good quality but if you want to find it it's like a map of all the locations in La La Land. That's cool. Like, so that's I knew cool. it was a real place, but I, I assumed it was thing. I didn't. I assumed they just recreated. Because I know, mm. obviously, when they're walking up the road, that is obviously on location. But then I thought this bit where they were dancing, I thought they'd recreated a thing on that road. <coughs> but maybe, I guess not. Weird. I think it's because of how whimsical it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, just, you don't want it to be real. This whole bit is very, like, singing in the rain. I feel tap dancing. I'm not sure. I know yeah. they don't swing around a lamppost quite, but tap dancing up and down the street and off benches and stuff. Um, it just looks very classic. Um, but yeah, they finish. Her car's right there. She gets in, drives off. Offers him a lift, but he's like, "Ah, oh, my car's like the next one." But it's not. He has to walk all the way back to his party, which I think is quite sweet on his part. Um, but yeah, next day she's going to work. She's walking past all the like. Like the movie sets, but to begin with, you don't know that. You just think it's walking down a street, and you think, "Wow, look at that!" But it's because it's it's a studio. Um, it's just nice that she's so close to having what she wants, and it, it keeps getting suggested that ah, oh, she's in a movie, but she's not until the very end. Yeah. Anyway, spoilers. Um, but yeah, so Seb rocks up, wants to go see her at work. Um, they end up leaving quickly because he's not supposed to be there probably going to get not arrested what's the word is there another word when you get like arrested by someone or they just sort of hold you in a room and question you detained that's the one detained Um, but they have a little conversation about like their origin stories um, and we find out that Mia hates jazz and Seb's like fucking outraged by that (laughs) because one one thing he says to his sister back at the start when he's in his apartment is he won't like anyone if they don't like jazz. But he sort of makes an exception for Mia, which is cute. Um, so to try and explain a little bit more about jazz to him, to Mia, he takes to this little, I think it's a lighthouse cafe, which again, another real place. Um, and he explains all this jazz stuff about her. And while there, Mia gets a callback. She's like, oh, big break. It's finally going to happen, this big audition. Um, but when she eventually goes to it, it's very short. She barely gets started, and I'm like, ah, nah. Oof, that's rough. Um, Ouch. But before that, I, that think, I, I always find it really weird when they do things like this in films where they, it must be really weird for the actor who's in this big, you know, kind of Hollywood film pretending like she's a failed actress. Yeah. yeah. That must be really weird. Like they do it in Entourage. Yeah. Where um, it's like he's a failed one of the characters is like a dying kind of star or whatever, 
and it must be really weird auditioning for, for like TV shows and stuff and then not getting them and then him actually being kind of because you got to imagine like there's an element of that even in the person playing like for Emma Stone there must be an element of that that she's actually feeling like she actually went to these interview, uh, these auditions before she was in whatever the first film that made it was it what was her first like proper film that she was like the thing one was it Easy E no Easy A Easy A was it that one was that her first one I don't that think so. I don't that think that was her first one because no. she was they, she starred in that and I, that's what typically I mean, you don't debut like, as your starring role you know like. I mean, either way, she must have gone to things. I just find it really weird when they get, like, proper established actors and actresses to play yeah. failing actors. And it must, I suppose oh, like, they, can, it, it they just, can draw off a lot of experience, I guess. It must Although be any, kind any of, of like... Can. There must be an element of it, though, that kind of makes them, like, happy almost, because it's like, oh, man, there are people who still go through this. Mm. But the first I'm one was super bad. Not. Oh, oh my super god, bad. really? Yeah. Oh, super That was her first film. I forgot she was in <clears> that. The House Bunny. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh god, and then she's Zombieland in well, 2009, Christ. which then went on Remember to Zombieland and Easy A. Jesus Christ. I love Zombieland. Oof. Zombieland? Oh my god. I completely forgot about that in, as well. All these films. Yeah, it's only just dawned on me now that she's saying what movie. She tells Seb what movie it is she's going to audition for. And he's like, oh, we can go watch that at the cinema. They're, they're showing it. But actually, she does the audition before they go on that date. And yeah. it just dawned on me that. So, that was mildly interesting, I guess. Um, I find it sometimes hard to sympathise with characters who are, like, struggling actors in big Hollywood movies. Because big Hollywood movies only ever cast starring roles with big Hollywood stars. So I don't know, I, like, I understand that I'm supposed to be able to make that, to disconnect that and see Mia, not Emma Stone, but I can't, because it's Emma Stone, it's Ryan Gosling, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> when it, like, when the A-list is, I'm like, you bitch, you ain't struggling. <laughs> <laughs> also for me, it's really weird, isn't it, what, seeing, like, A-list celebrities pretending to be failed actresses and actors, yeah. it's really weird. Mm. There's something, like, not right about it, I don't know. Um... But yeah, just after this bit, we get Ryan Gosling singing City of Stars. And I'm not sure if it was this one or the duet we get later on that won a bunch of awards. It might have been this one. Um, yeah, he does more singing in the rain-esque dancing. Yeah. Finds a hat, trades it for a woman. Um, <laughs> Fair probably, trade. He's <laughs> probably just returning the guy his hat and being cute about it. I don't know. But that happens. Um, well, it's not happened to me personally, but I'm sure it does happen. Yeah, yeah maybe. Just saying. Um, but yeah, we're back at Mia's apartment and, and her boyfriend rocks up, or partner. And this is the first we see of him and it's kind of like, what, what, what's, what's he doing? What's he doing here? Who's he? Which is kind of how I guess she feels as well because he's not mentioned at all. Um, it's... It, now that I think about it, I don't know how important he is to be have been included at all. I guess it just sort of emphasises how much she prefers Seb's character over this. Do you think so, yeah. I guess that's the only reason, but otherwise the whole movie could have gone without him being in it. He's a quite probably deliberately forgettable part. I think, yeah, it, yeah it's probably to show how many spikes there is here. Yeah, there's like you a by, by comparison sort of thing. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she stands up Seb to begin with before then going back to him. Um, the cinema they go to, I think it's called the Rialto. Rialto, was yeah. One of the cinemas, one of the two locations that they reopened just to shoot this movie. Um, oh. We'll come to the second one when we come to it. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting <coughs> that, the, that the director had such a. It has to be this cinema. I don't want to like recreate it. We're going to actually reopen this one, go inside and do it. And again, well, as she comes in, she stands right in front of the screen, looks at everyone, trying no to find him. Really p- no one gets pissed off by that. That wouldn't annoy me. Yeah, I'm surprised no one like, woman hurled a up. hot dog at her or something. Like, um, just stands in front of the screen, like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. I know, right? Move. I'm pretty sure the only reason like, she did that is so that we can get another. Oh, hey, look, she's on the screen. She's in she's, the movie. She's in the movie. Yeah. She's so which close is, to being in the movie. Yeah, which is neat little thing. Um, and they sit down, hold hands, and they're watching a movie about going to that observatory planetarium place. What's that actually? Isn't it called, called the observ? Isn't it called the observatory? I think so, but the song like is called iconic... Planetarium, which is confusing. Isn't, isn't it's called the LA that... Observatory? I think I'm, I'm sure that's what it's called. Isn't that the observatory? It became a bit of a meme because Logan Paul pretended to have color blindness there. It's called the Griffin Maybe. Observatory. No, it's Griffith's XD, yeah, because it's, it's in Griffith Park, in it. Yeah. See, yeah. the only thing I think of whenever I see this this observatory before I'd seen La La Land, it's used in Rebel Without a Cause. That's the I movie they watch. Times. It's in quite yeah, a lot of stuff. Th- th- this, that, that was a movie they're watching at the cinema. Oh, is it? It's oh, like one of thingy. Yeah. Which it's, is um, it's it's like a one of like LA's biggest kind of thingy like locations. Mm, you go to it cool. in GTA Five quite a lot. True. Which um, I know it isn't set in LA, but come on, come on, oh, come on. Come Let's on. be honest, it is. Come on, background. Don't be doing this there. That's you the can't one. see it. Yeah, but the big green. Dome. I was thinking, you know, with that particular place, this is a fun fact about myself. I'm going to bring <laughs> I Am Legend up again, by the way. Just to, just to let you know. When I was younger, when I first read it, and I really wanted to adapt it into a film, I planned the end of the book to be set at the LA Observatory. Because it was. Because, di- spoilers, he dies at the end, but I didn't want him to die the way he dies in the book. So I was going to have it that they chase him there. And then he was gonna be. I think he's gonna be like wounded, and then he's gonna. He would die overlooking the the view of LA because that's one of the best places you get the view of LA at an iconic location. So there's a fun fact for you. That's why nice. I know so much about the LA at uh, the Griffith. Well, I call it the LA Observatory, but it's called the Griffith Observatory. In my yeah, head, I don't yeah. know why, but because I think because you have such a fondness for that story that I feel like it's it has to have always been in your life. So when you were planning to adapt this this book into a movie you would have been eight that's what it is in my head <laughs> yeah i was i was i mean i probably wasn't that young but i was probably like 11 or 12 maybe wow so you know yeah it's set in la in it so i was like what, what i like how as an 11 LA? year old you have enough critical ability to be like yeah that book was amazing but i have issues with the ending so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, and you know, I was like, okay, that's a shit ending, that, isn't it? <laughs> like, I get that's the point, but like, now nah, I was going to change it. And even then, I was going to change it. I was like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry, um, characters in the book, you'll get better. You'll get a better ending in my film. Don't worry about it. You'll get um, a good ending. So the film breaks, like, well, now what are we going to do? So they drive up to the observatory, and the shot is 
probably I'm not, I don't know how similar it is, but it's very similar to the one that was in the film, where the sort of the car comes along and the camp moves down. So yeah. again, they're living in a movie, but they're not. Loads of neat little things like that. Do they break in? Right, it's fairly late at night. There's no one around. The whole place is empty and deserted. They must just break in and just chill. Um, Sneaking around and like the Wendy walk around that corner, he like jumps and like she shits herself. And that's to me thinking that maybe that he's you know they are actually they have actually broken in. Mm. So crime, yes, yes, criminals. Um, But crime's fine if you're doing it to be cute. Yeah, don't it did all fair. Don't quote me on that. I'd, I was joking. Don't don't use that so, in, in like a court of law. So like, if your girlfriend says to you like, "Oh man, I want a car," she's like, "Oh man, right, okay, I'll rob a bank just, to just buy her a car." You, no problem. Is that cute? It's, yeah, it's cute. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ross calls, yeah. It's like, oh look, I got you this car. Oh, how'd you get it? I stole it. Oh, right. Um, probably not quite, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so they end up walking in and they're almost immediately even their walking's in sync because it's actually the music builds and they're dancing because we've got the next musical thingy um, it's called the planetarium which is why I get confused as to what that place is actually called um, and there's this weird thing do they, do they take drugs and just start like floating in the stars That's it's a musical just, it's just yeah. a musical you know. musical logic shoot scene it's one of my favourite pieces of music in the whole film it's nice. It's really, I really nice. Like it. it works. I think it works really well. And the whole like thing where they're on wires going up, um, all looks pretty good. I think I read somewhere that this was one of the few locations that wasn't actually an on-set location. They had to recreate I mean, it. I don't think they actually flew through space. No. Ah, <laughs> oh, you bastard! <laughs> you sucky son of a bitch. That's fair. Do you know what? Do you know what would have been really interesting? When they're, when they're dancing through space and they're silhouetted and it's a really pretty shot, this is something Charlotte said to me and I think I think makes a lot of sense. The only thing that makes it not as good as it could be is that you can see they're standing on a solid. You see the floor is flat. It would have been really interesting if you could have tried to get them to do the choreography underwater and then yeah, sped the footage up. So it would have been floaty. So you still would have got the speed that you wanted to be at, but it would have been more floaty, like through space, instead of just walking on the wires. Maybe could have done the wires. Waltz underwater, though. I imagine it would have been really difficult. (laughs) You could have, you could have like motion tracked uh, some people doing the movements and then planted them onto a silhouette you were going to animate later anyway. I just put on wires, dangling. I, I just, I just, I just thought, I, just being able to see the floor in space was like, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to be whisked away into space, and I could see the floor. So, fair, yeah, fair <laughs> let's enough. Take it, let's take it Walking up. On the star. Um, and they have this neat bit at the end where they're done their dancing, they come down and they sit on on the chairs. That whole shot is reversed, which is kind of neat because they end up like landing perfectly in the seats. So rather than trying to lower them into the seats, they lifted them up pretty neat little another thing that kept getting thrown in my face whenever you search La La Land facts on Google <laughs> but there you go um, 10 La La facts you didn't know well, number 8 will make you shit your pants <laughs> <laughs> um, but this I'm pre- I've written down it's the first one I've written in my, in my notes anyway just purple so this is like as I was saying before the red blue purple yeah. thing 
this, we get a shit ton of it in this because space is purple apparently. Loads of things to pick space as being purple. I think it's a nicer color than black. For like, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, do, do, do. Oh, this scene ends with like, the, the circle thing. It comes in and closes. I don't, what's that called? Where like the, the blackness. Oh, it goes like, like that where it kind of it, like. Like yeah. how they do at the end of every cartoon ever. And like the, like the black screen like closes in on a circle and they're like left in the middle. There is, there, no, there is a name for it. There is a name for that transition. I don't know what it is though. I, God, I should know that. this, shouldn't I? That's awful. Sorry, I, like, I just imagined. It, it does that thing, doesn't it, where it opens in the letter but it freezes for a minute and so then you it can read goes it. Up bigger. And then yeah. it expands, yeah. I just oh, imagined Ryan Gosling like sat on the edge of the um of the of the transition being like bah, 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 that's all folks. <laughs> <laughs> different that would have been a different movie. Whoa. Um But yeah, it does that and that's just very classic. And at that point, like, oh it's kinda of like in the end of in the Simpsons movie. Where you're like, oh it could end here, but we don't get the to be continued now. Oh, thing. we should have. Sorry, sorry for those flashbacks, Joe. I know, I know, I know you don't like talking about it. Makes me really sad. I still feel here. Um, yeah, we we get the thing. As Joe said, it opens called up a Iris. little bit. That's what the transition's I, called. That makes sense. What's it called? Iris. Oh, I like the sense too. How'd you find that? <laughs> I just ty- I typed in um, whole film transition. Tra- whole film transition. So very good. There you go. Mm. Um, but yeah, it opens back up again, um, and we're in summer. They've been together for quite a while because we're in summer now, and that's how the passage of time works. Um, and we've got this little montage as we've got this more music over the top of it. The the tram thing they go on is called the Angels Flight Railway. That was another thing they got right. reopened for the movie. Um, he commits another crime when he smashes up that Samba Tapas sign for oh, it. Oh yeah. There's something else. Oh, like, yeah. oh, he takes it and smashes it. So this this guy's I go to prison. Yeah, absolutely. I bet he's got like wanted be. posters everywhere. Like the LAPD are like looking for it. <laughs> like was the the jazz bandit was he at? That's what his <laughs> name jazz is. Bandit. The jazz bandit. That's like Very good. What he's known as. That there's like a whole other sequel to this film that's set during it. And it'd be like this the events of this film told from the point of view of like a PI looking for him. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> And like when he's actually on tour, he's actually just on the run. That's what's going on. When when after after Mia leaves at the end of the movie, a cop walks like right in and they're like, "Damn it, Seb, we got him!" <laughs> fucking Phenomenal. massive like SWAT what, van ra- show raids up. the thing, raids, raids the, uh, the whole place. Um, oh my god! It's the jazz bandit. He, Don't let him get away. That's how he paid for it. He committed like a, a one lap, the, the last crime or something. One last job. And he opens God. a restaurant. That's what it he is. He always has to like play a little bit of jazz as he like makes his getaway. <laughs> You'll never take me alive. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Run away. Oh man. What a film that would be. There's always like what a convenient piano like... just wherever the place he's robbing. Is it like in a bank and there's just a convenient piano just there. He just taps some keys and like yeah. pisses off. It'd be the bit at the end when they raid the thing. They'd be like, you'll never take me alive into like the mic, and then he'll get all of his mates to be playing the piano, like, dun, 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 and like it's him like jumping over tables. <laughs> As he's like swinging and, like, off chandeliers leap, and stuff. Like, like leapfrogging over the police and stuff. <laughs> oh, That's what it'll be. That's be, like, the sequel we want. It'll like, be like sliding down the bar and everything. I'll be, be like. Make that movie Hollywood, you cowards. <laughs> Do it. Um, 
oh, montage man. of them doing things finishes and he's they're back at the lighthouse cafe and he's either working there or he's just casually playing on the piano um and emma stone's doing some dancing again she's in blue and red hey more colors nice um and they do this whole spotlight you can just they see them they're the new ones in focus sort of thing um then john legend rocks up he wants to put together a pop jazz band group thing but seb doesn't know about the pop element yet um so he turns it down anyway before he finds it out and we're back at the apartment again um Oh, yeah, this is the bit where Seb says, look, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to have this jazz club called Chicken on a Stick and your play... Oh, yeah, Mia's been writing a play. It's going to be... What, what does he say? A triumph. Oh, he was he was wrong about that. The play was... It yeah. didn't suck, but no one went to go and watch it. Um, I mean, it's LA and it's a one-person show, hey, you know? How many people are going to watch many- that? Like but, again, if this movie if this movie was set in New York, then they might have had a turnout. You know, yeah. people will just yeah. go and see. They can't get Broadway tickets. They'll just go and see anything. You know. Yeah. Um, but eventually, he ends up joining John Legend's band anyway because he needs money, and he's going to get paid like a grand a week on top of like merchandise sales and whatever. Not so that. he, he, he says he's going to join it, and we're on to next page cool um then we get them having this little duet um for city of stars or was it this one that got the award i have forgotten it's one one of these two so as i say either this duet or the first one um there's more color stuff and as this is going on there's more of a montage we find out that she quits her job at the cafe in order to write this play that wasn't very great um and the ending of this song it's like another musical transition it ends with applause as the next one starts with that applause so I think it's nice that they put that in the middle because yeah they're going to be clapping at the start of this gig this concert but the overlap works quite nicely that they've just finished singing um, and this is where shit starts to hit the fan for their relationship it just starts to break and I'm pretty sure like, this is where like the colours are all fucking all over the place but I won't keep touching on it because that's a pain in the ass um, <laughs> they get this big poppy jazz number um, and Mia just gets pushed further and further back in the crowd um, as she's just uh, her view is of, is obscure, obscured yeah there we go obscured nice am I saying that right I like so okay she can't see what's going on properly um, just as she can't see how this is him realising his dream it's such a weird yeah. thing to get stressed out about, though, isn't it? Like, oh no, my boyfriend's not quite sick playing the sorts of music that he wanted to. Yeah, I guess. And she has like a full-on panic attack. It's just a really, it's a non-issue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's doing this instead. Like, but yeah, and then it, it cuts straight to black. Like the song ends, even on the soundtrack, when the song ends, it ends very abruptly. Um, and it's just a black screen and we jump ahead to fall or autumn. But I feel like fall fits a bit better because things are falling apart Wait. I don't need you now tonight I don't need you okay continue <laughs> um, I don't need you more oh, than ever <laughs> oh man yes incredible thank you um <laughs> then what happens oh yeah from here point on you very rarely see purple it's all the separate colours just reds and just blues 
Um, she's on the phone, which because Seb's been touring away with this band for ages, and she's on the phone, which is kind of like how that audition she was doing back at the start. Intentional or not, I don't know. Probably actually, it's most definitely. I can imagine it probably would be. Yeah, uh, surely. Be of it. Um, and he's come back and he's surprised her with a little dinner that he's cooked or is still cooking. As we turn, on, what you find out later, he's fucking burnt the rest of it to shit because they end up arguing about how he's not gonna. He isn't like realizing his dream, whereas she's getting closer. I think. Um, lots of green in this, so you can't see any purple. It's like washed out as blue. And green, I'm getting very English language at this point, but green is envy in it. Yeah, yeah, typically. So there's loads of jealousy going on. Um, his song, bizarrely, is playing on the record in the background the whole time. But hey, maybe he could have his own song put on a record for him, I don't know. But at the I'm end sure you of can. Uh, You can get, like, printed, I'm sure, I think you can get, surely. like, custom prints but record the thing are they still in the shitty flat at this point yes he's on a thousand a week and it's been at least three months yeah I know what they say don't you that that it's what's that a thousand a week that's four thousand three months oh maths I don't know twelve grand twelve grand twelve grand twelve grand yeah for an LA apartment twelve restaurant though Okay, you see, what I hear you, 12 grand's more than I make in a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Same. there's a difference. We live in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> they live in LA. Fair. LA's and fair. he's playing in a, in a popular music band that's been touring. Yeah, and he's saving up for the restaurant as well. So Yeah. Um, see, that's the thing of... I don't get about this, this argument. Is it, again, it seems really petty because... Surely it should have come down to like, well, you're not doing what you want to do. You you you, you don't feel like you're selling out. Yeah, but I'm saving up for the the restaurant. Oh, for dues. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Money exists, and 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 you know we can't destroy it as a concept. So you'll have to make some, won't you, honey? Like I don't know. It's a very petty thing to start a full on fight about, isn't it? So have you ever tried to start a restaurant? No, I have not. Well, there you go. <laughs> Try to start a restaurant, then come back to me with your argument. It's the fact that he was planning on, like, even after he finished this tour, he was still planning on writing another record, another album, and then going on tour for the next one again. So that's, what? Even if he'd done it for a year, 52 grand, but he was planning on just to keep doing it. I don't think you need 104 grand to open a restaurant. Or maybe you do. Ah, this is it. His restaurants are notoriously uh, risky. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they say you're not making profit until I wouldn't know. <laughs> There's those those ones that you know, the nightmare. What's it called? Kitchen Gone nightmares. Kitchen nightmares. Kitchen Ooh. nightmares. Bro, they're expensive. <laughs> Maybe he does need that long then, but yeah, it just seems like he's he feels like he's given up, and he never actually says, "Oh no, I'm just making money." He's always like, oh, "I'm just gonna keep doing this," because he's sort of given up a bit. But yeah, the relationship ends, emphasized by the record ending. The fact that it's a record, yeah, because he likes jazz, so he's in like old-timey records, but it's going round, like how his life is just going to be on this same cycle. There's lo- there's loads of like cinematic Symbolism. messages in this, and when you're writing down notes for them, they're much easier to pick up on, which is why I've <laughs> got a lot of them. I remember like when that scene ended and I saw the record had stopped, I turned to Beth and I was like, record's ended, 
It's over yep. for him. Records it's ended. It's all over. It's done. It's all over. Social yep. records ended. Um, so she leaves, and her play hasn't been a big success. Um, there's more clever colour use. She's like, ah, oh, fuck LA, fuck all of this. I'm giving up. Going back to live with my parents. Um, because there's, mm. there's a thing in there as well about how she's annoyed because he wasn't there because he forgot about that um, photo shoot they've got to do. And he's got to do the awkward smiling thing. Oh, it's that, so that cringy. That. Horrible. It's so weird. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Let's say, let's say for the purposes of argument that you, you've forgotten, you know, you're Ryan Gosling and you've forgotten, right? He, he must not care about her at all to just show up after the fact when they are both in possession of mobile phones. Yeah. True. This is yeah, not a 20s inspired she, musical set in the 20s. It is set know, in the year but, it comes out and she literally has a mobile phone in one of the auditions. The movie goes out of its way to show her waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting with it by her ear while the just ring her up. It probably would cause a bit of an argument. Oh, well, you th- no, like change your schedule. Can you not cut it to my debut? Can you not come? It probably would cause an argument, right? Oh my God. Like, what if she, I, was, she was already backstage though? Her phone, if she, if she had it on her, would have been on silent because that's not very professional. Maybe he didn't she, even try. Maybe. And if do. he did try, it was off screen, which is kind of my problem with a lot of the back end of this movie is a lot of these issues are presumed to have happened without us getting to see them because the way their relationship breaks down and how it breaks down and how unbelievably a non-issue the actual breakup is. I don't believe they liked each other to begin with, but the movie goes out of its way to tell me how magical it was when they were getting together. I don't know. Like, Maybe, maybe I get to sit here on a high horse being in a nearly seven year long term relationship. But me and Charlotte have had arguments, pretty bad arguments. You know? Yeah, but you've, have you ever. These people don't seem. These people don't seem like they even like each other at all now. Like, yeah, a, like even a little dinner. bit. He cooked dinner. Even for a little her. bit. Yeah, yeah, and then what happened? She went, You're making music. Fuck your dinner! (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, she didn't say that, but yeah. It's so... I don't know. It's so... It's so small scale. It's so small scale. It's so, like... White and melodrama and boring. (laughs) Fair play. Um... But yeah, so it's all it's all broken down. It hasn't worked. She's gone home. He's still playing music, doing bits. He's at a. I thought this was a wedding reception, but I think it was an engagement party because the song on the soundtrack is called "Engagement Party." Um, and he's playing his his theme. Well, him and Mia's theme. His and Mia's theme. Bad English, whatever. Despite the fact that he's playing it for someone else, so he's it's kind of like sad and reminiscent or whatever. But then when he gets back home, he gets a call from the casting director of this big fucking movie because she'd seen Mia's play. And was like, oh, I can't get hold of her. Where Where is she? She could actually end up being really famous. And there's like, for a split second after he like sits upright and he's about to dash out, we get a lens flare, like a red and blue one. 
again, there you go. It's not over yet. Um, and again, we cut to this loud car horn, so we know immediately, oh, car horn, it must be Ryan Gosling. That's not what I always think, by the way, whenever I'm sat in traffic and hear someone like, beeping. <laughs> Ryan I don't assume it's Ryan Gosling. Here he is. Like, Horny Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Um, Don't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, I've got this big ass audition. Come on, let's go. And she's like, oh, I can't do it. And then they end up doing it anyway, because actually, of course you're going to do it. Um, And this, so then we get the audition, which is kind of spoken and sung, um, which was done live, no lip syncing or anything, which I presume must have been done with some of the other songs. Especially ones with loads dancing and stuff. Collectively, yeah. But this, yeah, yeah this one was. There's, there's some way you can hear it, like in the mix, that it's just a track they're playing over in the edit. Mm, like this, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. The, this one was all live. Got her to do nine takes of it, but picked the second one, Ouch. which is kind of rough, I guess. Oh, but yeah. Um, have you guys ever had that where you need lots of takes or something, but then end up picking like a really early take? Yes, I have. You I tell. have them, but I don't. I it was on one of our films in the second year, and um, we were filming this guy, and he was an actor, and um, we ended up getting. He messed up a few of them, so we wanted to do them again. But then he got quite a lot of them well, and he was really into the role. So I was curious to see what he was going to do. But we ended up getting twenty nine cut uh, shot um, takes of this wow. scene. And we ended up using like the fifth take or something in the actual film. Because wow. he kept on saying, no, no, I can do it better. And I'm like, no, stop. You can't. I'm in charge. Stop. <laughs> and he was like, and then he would start doing it. I was like, you fucking idiot. Stop. And then he would do something different every single time. So I was like, fucking hell. I want to see what you're doing. So I kind of let him kind of go a bit mad with it. And then it got to like 29. And I was like, right, that's it stop and I literally had my mate move the camera away to a different position and I was like right we're not doing any more and yeah I mean ended up using the shit the fifth the fifth take I mean there's there's sometimes where you find that especially if there's a lot going on in the scene uh, and the um, the Wajima who's it the Hujima who's it the script supervisor can't keep track of everything um, you sometimes find that a take that might have been performed really well, that was like take, you know, 17, just can't be used and you've got to rely on one of the earlier ones for like continuity or, you know, just just because it's the timings maybe slightly better for the editor, like more space hither and there at either side of it. Yeah, it's, you can't always guarantee just based on the day what shot you're going to use in the end. I, um, I read a thing where um, Joaquin Phoenix said that because the ending, the way they shot Joker, especially that ending scene, they just did like so many different takes and he did something different in every single take. And apparently the speech that he gives in it, it changed in every single one. And the one that they used in the final film was not his best one, but it was because that was the best one that had the best kind of... There was something about the others that wasn't right or something, like something... Like, continue, like there was a... There was a con- I can never say that word. Continuing. Hmm. Continuity. That's the one. One of those <laughs> errors. They didn't flow right with the previous scenes. And the one they ended up using was one of the few that actually did. So he, he's actually said 
that the shot, the one that's in the final film, isn't his favourite one that they did. And he'd be like, mm, but... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get this the story of how her aunt decided to give herself pneumonia by jumping into a river. Um, a chick from Vertigo. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, and so the finish, she finishes the audition. Seems to have gone really well. Um, and they go sit on that bench again. As it turns out, is right below that observatory, which they couldn't see when it was dark. I'm sure they put lights or something on it. But we as an audience didn't see it. Um, yeah, and they have that chat about how, oh, look at this great view. Oh, what a waste. Um, and like, I thought the yellow view is that nice, you know. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. smog, surely. It's a bit, Even yeah, all it's driving a bit Priuses like, still just exhaust fumes everywhere. Yeah, it's a bit small, I think. Like, it's like everything's way off in the distance. And then, like, there's not... I mean, if you're in the hills, maybe. But even then, by the time you get to, like, a height where you can see the actual city and the skyline, you're way far away. And, like, the city itself, the buildings or the, that makes up the skyline is, like, way miles away. And they're, like, they're tiny. And you've got all that bit in front of you that's a bit meh. Well, like, industrial skyline, sort of area. It's not industrial, yeah. it's sort of warehouses and stuff. Yeah, yeah I feel, I feel like the like, LA skyline is only nice if you, or at least from this angle, if you are, like, a big buffer, like, industrialism and expansionism and, like, just houses, you know? Like, oh, yeah, look at all yeah. the things that we've built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great. So we clinging glasses together with champagne. Like, that's the job we've done. <laughs> Aren't we quite the gentleman? Ting. <laughs> um, but it seems like maybe they, they've kind of fixed things because they're having that, that cute chat again. But we cut to winter and it's five years later. And it eventually gets revealed that no, they didn't. Because um, although they've yeah. both achieved their dreams, she's a big movie star going back to that cafe again. One big cycle. We're back where we started, but better because she's achieved it. Back at Christmas as well. Jazzy jingle bells in the background, just where Seb started, but now he's not doing that anymore. Doesn't um, she live in New York now? It no, they're, hints they're still lives... in LA. No, but like it hints that they're in New York because that place that she lives in is a hotel. That building, that with the, the that iconic building that she drives into, that's yeah. a hotel in real life. Huh. And they they say, don't they, when they're on the way out, that um, she says, like, oh, we'll see him when we're back in New York, when they're on about talking to the mates or something. I'm, I mean, unless it isn't just a hotel, I don't know. But I'm sure that that building, I well, I know, I know that, that building is a hotel. I think I know which one you're on about. It's that, yeah, it's that famous ho- uh, Hollywood hotel. Yeah, it's a hotel. Maybe they are back in New York and yeah, I hadn't picked up on any maybe, changes. It could be a case of they live in New York, but she's maybe in LA because they're filming something. That makes sense. Because they send they spend to they tend to stay like a couple months, don't they? Yeah. In LA while they're filming like um, studio stuff. Is it was Rather it this one? Commuting from one side of the country. It's to the called other. the Something Hotel. Yeah, that one. It's a really famous hotel. It's a really now famous you say hotel. That, yeah, it like, looks like the Chateau Marmont. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the name. It's, it's it one looks of those, like again, it's like a proper. It, um, What's the building in Vertigo? That hotel they go to. Because it looks like that I one. don't think it's given a name. Mm. They look it's similar in design either way. I thought. Anyway. Yeah, I think it was kind of... It would have been built like around like the... 
I think the 1920s, maybe, I'm going to guess, That's because it kind of has that kind of... The, I'll tell you what, the thingy in Disney, the Tower of Terror in Disney's design based on it, because it's like an iconic 1920s, 1930s yeah. Hollywood hotel that all like the A-list celebrities would stay at, and, you know, it's all fancy and expensive. Yeah. And, but it, it so definitely that, adds, I think, helps add to the aesthetic yeah. anyway. Yeah, um, 100%, yeah. Yeah, loads of like Hollywood like celebrities and like 1940s scandals yeah. happen there basically. Yeah, they go to it all the time in Entourage, like all the time. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so she's ended up meeting her husband, who big reveal it's not Seb, but maybe she's playing a role in a movie. Nope, that's that's her life. Her life, her yeah. perfect dream was a life without him. Um, See, they but, don't even like each other. Yeah. Well, maybe that was the point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's so like they needed each other to move on yeah. and get to where they'd like. Well, it's weird because because like the way I read it, especially that scene just before it, where they're like, "Where are we?" The the, the message, especially knowing on the second viewing, like knowing where that scene's leading into, it's almost like saying you can't your relationship can't work if you want two separate things. If you want to do two separate things in your career. That's what it seems to be. Like, what I'm going somewhere, you're going somewhere, let's just split up. I think that's wrong. I think that's incorrect. I think in a way that's very unhealthy as well. I feel like I th- I feel like individualism can still exist within a relationship and I feel like people should want different things and you can still support one another. It's especially for their dream though because they're both like doing this big sort of... Because they're both artists, I guess. He likes jazz music and wants to write it and perform it and she wants to be this actor they're going to have a lot of conflicts and clash, like clashes anyway. Um, I mean, there's loads I of stories know. of like Hollywood actors who like get together and break up all the time because the relationships don't work. I guess theirs didn't either, but because, but yeah, but it's kind of, it's kind of lame. I don't know. Me if, and Shower have very different career goals in mind. If they hadn't Oops. met each other, they wouldn't have achieved their dreams either. See, I kind of get the feeling that with this, Ryan Gosling was kind of for her. Just like, I don't know, like a, I don't want to say a bit of fun, but like, you think about it, right? The, the boyfriend at the beginning, you don't want to find out what he does, but you know, he's always wearing his suit and he's, you know, he looks like he's kind of like a businessman. Yeah. Which is the opposite to what Ryan Gosling is. I know we meet him when we first see him, like the, when they first together, they're in like a, he's in like his suit and stuff. But then that as a whole, he never, he's not like that, is he? But the guy she ends up marrying is like her original boyfriend, you know. We never see him yeah. out of the suit. I mean, obviously, we only see him once, but both times we see him in outfits, he's wearing a suit. You know what I mean? So kind of look similar as well. Yeah, they look... I genuinely thought it was the same guy when I first like, saw the scene. The guy, I thought she'd gone back to this other guy, but they look very similar, and it's kind of like she's took a break from dating that kind of guy that she is normally attracted to and has gone to Ryan Gosling because he's different. But then it's not worked out because she's not meant... She doesn't really want to be with that kind of... Like, the whole kind of, like, she was interesting because he was different than what she normally goes out with, and it didn't work, so now she's gone back to what she originally was going to kind of go... You know, like, business-style man. I mean, we don't know. We don't find out what the husband does, but the husband might be an actor as well. I don't know. But I don't think he is. I think he's meant to be at least, like, an executive or, like, a producer in the... Yeah like a studio or something. He's successful he's at what not... he does because he's wearing a big suit. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's not Or at least leeching off her money. Ooh, Maybe, yeah. Leech. yeah. Either way, he's, he, 
he's rich enough to you know to justify wearing a suit all the time, like a first boyfriend was. And I feel like that's the kind of comparison, the weird kind of like, it looked like she'd abandoned that kind of corporate whatever looking guy at the beginning, but she's just kind of gone back to that at the end. And it's like she didn't abandon it. She just kind of, she was like, "Ooh, was that Ryan Gosling over there? He's quite interesting. He was in the Notebook. Yes, please." <laughs> and then she's kind of been like, mm, "Okay, the Notebook wasn't that good. I'm gonna go back to, I don't know, suits. I guess I don't know. I don't know what things they wear suits in all the time. Mad Men. I got to Mad Men. Oh, there we go. Just sort of fell out of frame. Well, that then, was she said Mad Men. Um, yeah, I got excited. That was the. Uh, that that was the that was her thought thought process for this film. So yeah, I mean, Fair maybe not Mad Men, but M- maybe yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're they're driving along and like, oh, let's let's just go and get dinner. But again, as she's thinking that, brake lights are flooding the inside of that car with red. Oh, what red? Ryan Gosling, I guess. So they end up pulling off, going somewhere else, and they're going to a jazz bar. <laughs> what? He's a pulling off. <laughs> I laughed. Oh, okay. Wow. Real mature Sam. Um, and they go to this this jazz bar called Seb's. Oh, Seb's place. What's going to be in here? We all know. She knows. And even as she's going down, she's kind of like scared, but not. Because she could like, be happy. Oh, she changed the name to her suggestion. Yeah. Oh, how cute. And how again, cute that is. We get I more... mean, chicken on the stick's a bit shit. It's not great, yeah, is, it is it? Yeah. Um, we get more like blue and purple again because they're back together and like reimagining what could have been in that big ass dream sequence, which is hella old classic cinema. And I've not watched that many old films other than Vertigo, so there are probably loads of reference to this to old films. I found an article and there is. There's loads of references in it. So there's yeah, like a shit ton that I have definitely missed. Um, but yeah, the one thing I noticed for this is there's the, like the, the vignette around that frame where you like the little black corners. It just looks it looks really good. I don't want to say good, but it, it does. Fun it fact, looks. Go on. I used to call that vin- vinaigrette. <laughs> vinaigrette. Vinaigrette. Yeah. Until nice. that nice. it out to me, and I was like, shit. Yeah, vinaigrette isn't that word. There you go. Not as stupid as me. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, But yeah, she's obviously wearing purple, because, yeah. Um, And it's like their dream sequence where everything starts over again. They make out in that restaurant instead, end up getting married and having a kid, going to this place where we end up meeting it full circle. Um, Meanwhile, her show was was a success. Go to Paris, he opens his thing there. Um, But... Once all that fast-paced things done, and we have like sort of like musical montage of all the other songs, they like share a, a look at each other and smile. She doesn't clap at the end. Bit fucking rude. Um, <laughs> and then her husband's like, "Oh, do you want to stay for another one?" She's like, "Nah, fucking let's go." Um, that's not quite her sentiment, but they they leave. It's more it, like, "Nah, I used to fuck him. Let's go." <laughs> very good. And no. on the way out, she looks back, and he's 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 looking at her. Um, and they kind of share a look and, then he, and he thinks to himself oh, I could have been with you if I wasn't the jazz bandit 
puts on a bandana. He looks like Comfy Ball Guy. He pulls a Casablanca at the end, and that, that's uh, that's that's where he's been for the past five years. Gets the plane and everything. It's like, don't worry about you, top hat. Here's yeah. to you, kid. But yeah, he Literally. counts in. He counts in the band and carries on, and that's where it ends. We get this big dramatic fanfare with the end, and that, that was that. This right. Go on. This scene at the end. This bit that's five years later. So. Is this particular scene, is this set in 2021? Or is it set in 2016 and the rest of it was set in 2011? I don't, I don't think it matters. I know we're not meant to... Yeah, I don't think it matters think, either. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know we're not meant to think about it too much. And it's just like five years later dramatic. But I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Because Google they it. had like... I'm, I mean, I might do. Because the only thing, the only real time reference you have to go off is like the make of car or the model of phone. So if you want to try and work it out, but I feel like if you asked Damien Chazelle that question, it would be the most mundane question he'd ever been asked about anything oh, ever. Easily. <laughs> I can um, imagine his face. I'd ask him, but he'd be like, he just he wouldn't. He would. There would be no response. Yeah. He'd be like, like, around. Like, what? Why, why like, are you asking me that? Who let like this guy in here? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be like a thing. It'd be like that was thirty seconds of my life. You asking me that question, I'm never gonna get back. <laughs> and like, I've wasted another minute thinking about it. So, yeah. like, um, you know what I want to do? I want to ask him that question, right? In a situation <laughs> that's like so. I don't want to just be a guy walk up in the street and ask him that. I want to like be him on the stage at the Oscars or something and me presenting a reward to him and me going, <laughs> you're in La La Land. <laughs> when was the five minute, the, the bit after five minute, you know, when it skips five years, when's that set? See, I and see he just you takes more his as Oscar, like, like, you got fucking Tom Hanks well. in the audience. You got all these fucking A-listers in the audience watching you ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> monster oh um. man I, I would I'd do it I, that'd be the perfect situation because if he tell me to f- he wouldn't tell me to fuck off because he's in front of like <laughs> millions of people and well, I'm like you're not you're not getting this award unless you answer the question so I've got a feeling like he, he would say if you asked him oh you know that five years later bit when's that set he'd probably just go five years later yeah, I'd like, no, take that. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you for the go to grab it like that and be like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get Story it. I get the it. Jazz bandit. Brilliant. The Baz, the Jazz Bandit toots again. Oof. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we finish and do final thoughts, I promised a fact about Gene Kelly. Yeah, I was about to say. And it, well, it's it, it's Gene Kelly related, right? It's about his widow and his widow's dog. Oh, right. So, the Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, and the director Damien Giselle they went to go visit Jane Kelly's, Gene Kelly's widow, um, to look through all his old stuff for like inspiration to get their like, get their, their head in that the vibe and of that era. And in visiting, they um, let her dog escape. And Wait, who did? The, what the actors and then the director? They went over, let the dog escape by accident, and it ran oh, out right. into the street and into traffic. And then oh, no. Ryan Gosling and Damien so had to like kind of chase after it, stopping cars to try and rescue this dog and bring it home so they nearly killed gene kelly's widow's dog in oh my gosh this film because nice. that would have been a story and a half but Beautiful. that was la la land 
That was on. Amazing. So what we're going to do now is going to go around in a circle and give any final thoughts we have on the movie. And we're each going to give it a score out of 10. And then I'm going to use those scores and use maths to get the objective place of where it ranks. And I'll list of the best to worst movies of all time. Amelia, start us off. So, yeah, I really like this film. Um, I wished I'd seen it sooner. When this came out, I was one of those people on film Twitter who was like, eh, I don't want to see it. It overhyped and pretentious. And I really wish I hadn't thought that because it is actually, I really like this movie. It's one of my favourites. And, and I, I like you say, I just, the music's great. I, I sing most of these songs in the shower on a regular basis. I'm not going to lie to you. And yeah, I mean, I don't think I can, I personally can give it anything lower than a 10. So for me, it's Wow. A 10. 10. Jacob. Um, yeah, similar for me. I've got a feeling I've lagged out. Wait, no, I'm back. All good. Um, you're all just very still for a minute. It, it concerned <laughs> me. Um, yeah, Waiting I, anticipation. Oh, I bet. So, yeah, I didn't watch this until after the Oscars, and even then it wasn't until like, my brother bought it on DVD, because I think he'd gone to the cinema to watch it. And was like, oh, this, this film's brilliant. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. And eventually I watched it with him. I'm like, oh, you know what? Fucking loved that. It was gorgeous to look at. I like I liked what's going on. The idea, the, the bittersweet ending, I enjoyed that too. As Amelia said, like the songs are class. I love them. I could easily listen to the soundtrack start to finish without thinking, oh, why, why am I doing this? I'll sing along to them. Yeah, stunning. L- love this film. Yeah, ten. 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 Joe. Um, I mean, <laughs> I when, when this came out, I was I hadn't seen um, Whiplash yet, so I wasn't really sure. You know, I wasn't. I heard that it was good, but I had it was a bit film like drumming, so I wasn't really that interested. But um, then I watched Whiplash, and I was like, "Fucking hell, that was awesome!" And then this came onto Netflix, so I was like, "You know what? You know, it, it almost won an Oscar. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that one. It won an Oscar for about two minutes, so I'll I'll give it a go." And I knew Beth wanted to watch it anyway, so we watched it, and yeah, it's really good. And um, but see. The thing is, right, when I said to Beth that we were making this, doing this film this week, she was like, no, I'm not watching it with you, I'm not watching it with you, because she doesn't like watching it, because the film's good, she likes the film, but the ending, every single time, she hates the ending, and it makes her cry every single time, because it's like, you know, they want to be together, but they don't end up together, oh, you know, and um, the ending, I, I don't know, I've kind of, you know, the film overall, I'd probably give it, I'd give it an eight because I like the style that it got, it aims for, like the kind of, they, they successfully managed to get that kind of 1940s musical vibe going, which a lot of films try to do. Not necessarily the 1940s musical, but like they try and get that 1940s kind of film vibe and not a lot of them do it. Whereas this one gets it and kind of nails it on the head pre. Is that the term? Is that the expression? Yeah. Yep. Nails the whatever on the, the, the it does it really head. well. You so got it right the first time. The one. Yeah. <laughs> So they do it quite well, so I'm going to give it a... Wait, did I say eight? Did I say eight? Eight, yeah. Well, I'll give it an eight. Uh, I'm so sorry, guys. It's fine. You hated this, didn't you? I hate this movie. Knew it. I hate this movie. Uh, Where to start? Um, Yeah, I find the actual melodrama boring and all, it's not got any drama to it it's people that start arguing for the sake of giving the story some semblance of plot 
It feels the squabbles are petty and nonsensical, and the fact that it leads to a breakup in the way that it does, like I say, leads me to believe that they never even wanted to be with each other in the first place. Um, it feels like it feels like if you shagged someone on a night out because you thought they were hot while you were drunk, and then you realize you didn't like them in the morning, but it plays out over the course of twelve fucking months. Um, all right. I thought the music was bland and unmemorable. <laughs> Sorry, what? again. I literally <laughs> couldn't even hum you one melody from this. Not one. And I watched it two days ago. Um, I think the story of people struggle, like, like struggling, struggling in an industry when you've got all the talent uh, and particularly using like 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 struggling to make a name for yourself and let yourself be seen despite the fact that you've got literally everything that requires your field to go ahead as well as the illusions and use to jazz and tap make me realize that this just isn't a white person's story and it's exceptionally white this is this is a movie that pulls directly from like really strong pro- like parts of black culture and I feel like both the characters should have been people of color because it fits the story and it fits the music and it fits the dance. And then on top of that, I feel like the only reason that people of color weren't cast is the metatextual reason why they would have struggled to make a success in the movie because people of color typically aren't cast in these roles. There's a reason why Black Panther is special. That's not a particularly great movie but it's special now. And Jordan Peele movies, he's a pretty talented guy. He makes good movies, but there's one very key thing that makes his movies as special as they are. And it's just giving a platform to talented people of color that wouldn't have got one otherwise. I wish that they weren't so special, but they are. And I feel like La La Land was a missed opportunity to put something on screen that could have been special. I also think that Damien Chazelle is someone that has seen a lot of film language and understands it, but doesn't know how to apply it in a way that's terribly unique. Um, it's all good and it's all competent, but in a really boring, bland way where you just go, this color means this. And I go, yeah. And then he goes, yeah. And that's it. I feel like this movie has a couple of really pretty shots that will be better served as desktop wallpaper than two hours of moving image. Definitely haven't got any uh, of those posters set as my wallpaper. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, I did. I did not like this. Um, I, I think it could have been a lot more in almost every way. And but 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 the on-screen talent, while I disagree with their casting, still did a hell of a job. Um, I don't like the songs, but the singing is really good. Um, Ryan Gosling going out of his way to learn piano for this is really impressive. And you couldn't tell in a way that it wasn't something that he didn't uh, have. Um, it does use film language comp- competently, even if it doesn't use it uniquely. I think I have to go back to my roots with this one. Right from the start of this show. And I'm going to give this movie a four. Vertigo got a four. <laughs> wow. I'm going to give it the same as Vertigo. Wow. <laughs> Sam just doesn't like films set in California. That's it. Sam, that's <laughs> the, golden, the golden state. I think that's what it is. He does, um, he does. But 
that, when applied with maths, gives us our most frequent score. <laughs> it's back <Yay>. again. <laughs> uh, Amelia, uh, do you like this movie or Beetlejuice, or Beetlejuice more? Oh, no, yes. It's always Beetlejuice. <laughs> And as I say, for every single one, I like them both for different reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if we're talking about which film I like better from a film point of view, I don't know. Oh, fuck, I don't know. I, I think La La Land, personally. But I love Beetlejuice, but I think La La Land's a little bit better cool. than Beetlejuice. Jacob? I'm going to go with La La Land. Yeah. La La Land. Joe? Yeah, La La Land. Cool. Um, no surprises about what I would have picked. <laughs> Next movie, Edward Scissorhands or La La Land? La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, Jacob? Same. Same. Joe? Okay, here's where we might start to get the descent. Dead Man's Chest. La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> yeah, same for me. Joe, do oh. I need to ask? Hmm. I'm going to say La La Land is not the one I'm picking because <laughs> I'm picking Dead Man's Chest. Brings us to a tie. Horse bias, so it climbs anyway. Oh. La La Land or Monsters, Inc.? This is this is gonna be a bit more tough, bit more tricky. This is hard. Yeah. Because <sighs> now we're playing off like some hardcore nostalgia. You know? yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for La La Land personally. La La Land, Jacob. Yeah, me too. Wow, Joe. Um. Oh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go La La Land. Wow, okay, climbing again. I keep I gotta keep asking these questions. We've rated a lot of fucking movies, eighty out of a hundred. La La Land or Twenty One Jump Street? La La Land. Don't even ask oh, that was it, so it, quick. Twenty One Jump Street's a good movie, but compared to La La Land, it's it's just like it's like when you'd put a chick flick next to a like The Godfather. You're gonna pick the Godfather over a chick flick. This is a boy flick. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> La La For, it's what level you like you compare it to because yeah i'll say i'll say um i'll say for the sake of argument um i think 21 jump street uses its tropes and unique action film language in a really cool creative way and even though i don't i stand by what i said about la la land's use of filmic language i do think it's more appealing in la la land from a filmic standpoint you know the actual look of the film and feel of the film when you compare the two I would still pick Jump Street, though, obviously. Jacob. <laughs> um, Jump Street or La La Land. I'm going to go... Yeah, La La Land, I think. Joe. Same. Wow, okay. Moving up. This is it. This is the last hurdle. The, fi <laughs> the final boss that La La Land has to go on. overcome. Oh, shit. La La Land or... Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> that's the final hurdle. Yeah, that's the final boss. My so boys. You're telling me that Bill and Ted, William and Theodore, and Twenty One Jump Street long. has beaten out 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Frank I'm Sergio, Tim Burton, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Something's gone wrong here, I think. <laughs> what are you talking about, Joe? This is objective. Okay. This is the objective <laughs> list. I, I guess. I'm, Bill and Ted's great, but La La Land for me. La La Land. Same. Jacob. Joe. Yeah, same. It's understandable. I understand what happened. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. So that puts La La Land as the seventh greatest movie of all time. Now, for the sake of it, because we've done 30, we've got a beginning, middle, and an end. I'm going to quickly throw it in my my Excel documents, I remember. And I'm going to give us on-screen reading. You can check this out on IMDb, link in the description. Do you want the bottom 10 or the top 10 first? Bottom 10. Yeah, do bottom, bottom 10. 10. Yeah, so the worst yeah. movies of all time. Treasure Planet at number 10. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, so is that the worst one or is that No, no, that's down? at number 10. That's, Num- that's number- the 10th worst. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so okay. when I say number one, I'm actually technically meaning number 30 here. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, by the way, because we've been we've not picked too many bad movies, this bottom ten is um, it's quite a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Treasure Planet, and number nine, I Am Legend. Oh, shame. Rip. Number eight, Shin Godzilla. Number seven, Spider Man. Oh, what? <laughs> number six, Castle in the Sky. Number five. Vertigo. Ooh. Yeah. Hitchcock, the fifth wow. worst. Hitchcock's masterpiece, the you fifth bitches. worst movie of all time. <laughs> the first episode. See, I feel like our scale has changed quite a lot yeah. since then as well, you know? Yeah. Um, Still hit number, f- number four. Wait. Wait, no, I've, I've, wait, I've gone wrong somewhere. Oof. Oh, shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And including number 30, in, including, num- including number 20, I've actually gone wrong. So technically, Treasure Pleasant Planet isn't on the list. It's not in the worst yes. ones, technically. Oh, nice. I've gone wrong. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, number f- so number six would have been Vertigo. Number five, Free Fire. Sorry, Ben Wheatley. Number four, Batman Forever. See, now All we're right. actually kind of right. getting into the, you know. Number three, Bad Boys. Number two, Digimon the Movie. And number one, of the worst movie of all time, Star Wars The Holiday Special. That's fine. Beautiful. Yeah. Full circle. So, top ten. Um, this is annoying because it means I can't include number ten. Wait, yeah, it does. How have I done this math so wrong? <laughs> Let me... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's 20 to... How does that... Jacob, you're good at maths, right? Uh-oh. How does 20... How is 20 to 30 11 movies, but 10 to 1 is 10 movies? Oh, it's because there's no zero. It's because there's no zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, thank you. I was an idiot. Number 10. <laughs> Monsters, <laughs> Inc. Number 9. 21 Jump Street. Number eight, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Number seven, La La Land. Number six, Baby Driver. Number five, Spirited Away. Show you're thrilled about that, Jacob. Number four, Die Hard. I'm sure you actually are thrilled about that. Yep. Number three, Shaun of the Dead. 
Number two, The Empire Strikes Back, and the greatest movie of all time, Back to the Future. Nice. It was on yesterday of... as well, again. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do something during lockdown, can't you? Just show yeah. Back to the Future again, you know? <laughs> People are going to be in. time. So, that brings us to uh, the most important part of the show, and that's finding out what we're going to be watching next week. Joe, let us know. <laughs> so... This right, this film. I had a bunch of different films set up, right? But I was on Amazon Prime the other day, and I was trying. You know, it, it was it was four in the morning, and I was like, right, I'm not, I'm not gonna go to sleep, so I may as well watch a film. And I was scouring Amazon Prime to find something interesting, and and I came across. I was done. Yeah, you know, I was like, right, I, I fancy watching a heist film, so I was like, okay, 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 I'll watch heist film. So, you know, I was going to do your kind of your generic heist films. I was going to watch some of that Heat, maybe. Nah, I didn't fancy Heat. Ocean's Eleven? Mm, nah, nah, nah. But then I came across this film, right? And I was like, okay, okay. I've never heard of this film. came out in 2018. It's... I've never heard anyone talk about it. I had never heard anyone ever even mention it. And I watched it, just out of curiosity. And I was surprised how good it was. I was like, all right. And it's a film called American Animals. No. Fuck okay. so I have maybe film, heard of that. This film, I've checked, is going to be a first for us. Two reasons. It's based on a true story. And it's a documentary. But it's not a documentary at the same time. It's I mean, like a drama. What do they call a, it? Um, yeah, so Evan Peters is in it. A docudrama. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's also the guy from Dunkirk is in it as well. And yeah, he is. It's made by the guy who. Do you guys ever remember that, remember that TV show called Banged Up Abroad, where it had the people talking about what happened when they got arrested on holiday, and then there was like a dramatic recreation of it. No. No. Well, essentially, no. that's what the film is. So it's about a bunch of guys <laughs> who go and do this robbery and stuff, and it's 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 a documentary because it has the real people telling the story, but at the same time, it's not fully a documentary. Just we'll watch it and talk about it. I enjoyed Exciting. it. Yeah, yeah. Heck I yeah. was very surprised by how much I enjoyed it and how actually like tense it is. Like I was sweating during this film, you know, like for. But there you go, American Animals. Exciting. It's got some really cool posters as well, because I just I literally just had to Google it uh, to it try does, and visualize yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man, cool. I always like tackling something like, brand new. So thank you very much for watching this episode on La La Land. Let us know what you think uh, of this episode and the movie in the comments down below. Feel free to tell me how much you hate me, presumably, because I'm. <laughs> this is, I think, one of the starkest differences in opinion from like one person to the other three that I've, we've seen in this entire show. So I can only imagine that I'm like the 1% that doesn't like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Follow us on social media by searching for The Real Outtakes on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, make sure to listen to us on all your favorite podcasting apps by searching for The Outtakes Movie Podcast. And if you have been listening to us, maybe check us out on the YouTube for searching for the exact same. Uh, yeah. And now is traditionally the point where I completely fall apart. Yeah. Good. Nice. We'll see you around. Yeah.